Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. All right, that sounds good. Are we good to go, Marcus? Yeah, we are. I love the lead-in music. No, thank you very much. Found me dead with a hole in my head. (laughs) That's one of my favorite old-timey songs. Yeah, it's from a compilation called White Trash Rockers. I wouldn't believe that was white trash. That sounded (laughs) high class to me. That's great. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kizzle, as always, joined by Mr. Marcus Parks. Uh, first, I want to say thank you so much for everybody who watched the live last podcast on the left, a live stream from all around the world yesterday. It was an amazingly good time. And for all the fans that came out and traveled from all the way from uh, places like Ohio. <laughs> yes. And uh, even somebody from California. So we got the middle and the other side of the country. <laughs> so we're getting everybody. That's great. So welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, all right. So John Stewart's a racist. Yeah, is he now? He is. Now he is. I read an article about it online. <laughs> John Stewart, once considered the voice of reason in an unreasonable world, is officially a racist. He is just a man who's never worked hard for his uh, money. He's never worked hard for his fame or his career. It turns out all he did was capitalize on his white Jewish privilege because the Jewish man... They haven't been persecuted at all. (laughs) For those that don't know the story, uh, Wyatt Cenac, a a writer on uh, The Daily Show, was complaining uh, to uh, Jon Stewart because he was... Because Mr. Jon Stewart uh, was doing an impression of Herman Cain. Yeah. And Wyatt Cenac did not like the Herman Cain impression that Jon Stewart was doing. Although, to, in John, to Jon Stewart's credit, he nailed it. Oh, yeah. It was a perfect Cain. <laughs> it was a perfect Herman Cain impression. I mean, of course, this is something they call black voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes perceived as racist, even though Jon Stewart, I think his liberal credentials should be slightly high enough, just high enough, in order to pull off a Herman Cain impersonation. And what a what a wonderful man he was to impersonate 2012 made this election cycle look like it was totally rational and reasonable and in 2012 we said can it get any crazier it can because trump's in town (laughs) but you know what trump doesn't do own a pizza place godfather's (laughs) pizza herman cain's godfather's pizza one of the greatest candidates of all time john stewart was mocking him a little bit because uh herman cain was uh unable to announce the countries that he wanted to invade Mm -hmm. he wasn't able to pronounce the names properly and that is one test if you want to bomb a country you got to be able to say it right otherwise who knows who they're gonna bomb well whatever You don't know, but that should be a test. Every foreign policy, uh, every bit of foreign policy should have to go through, can you pronounce the people you're about to murder properly test? Mm -hmm. And if you can't, they get to live. (laughs) It's just as simple as that. So Wyatt Cenac confronted Jon Stewart about his impersonation. He took personal offense to it. And John Stewart told him to fuck off. He said, fuck off, fuck off, get out of here, I'm yeah, he done says, with I'm you. I'm done with you. I'm yeah. done with you, Wyatt. Yeah. And Wyatt Cenac was just on, uh, I believe it was What the Fuck, Mark Maron's podcast, I think it's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was describing how uh, upset he was when John Stewart told him to fuck off because Wyatt Cenac was offended. This is a... Uh, yeah, he said he went in a park and cried afterwards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how difficult must it, it must be... To be a writer on the most popular political show in the history of political comedy, how difficult your life is. At the, at the end of the day, Jon Stewart is just being a boss, right? Yeah. He's just not, not agreeing with his, uh, with his employer, with his employee, and telling him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. That's what bosses do. 
But I do think there's a double standard when it comes to liberals making fun of people on the right. Sarah Palin, for example, when she was running in 2012, running and jiggling. Holy Lord, I can cannot stop thinking about her beautiful gams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the hotter ladies around. Love the one with the bumpet. Uh, love the one with the bumpet. <laughs> Oh, the bump it. I forgot about the bump Oh, it. she had the best bump it I've ever seen. <laughs> you don't even, I still don't know what a bump it is. It's, not, it's on the top of your head. Oh, the bump it. Yeah, it's, like a, it's, a, it's a place where a little mouse could live. Can I eat some cheese up there? Mm-hmm. I love a good bump it. I never knew I did. It's great because then you can let that bump it down and invite people up to your room like a re- little conservative Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. The left made fun of Sarah Palin. Uh, you know, they called her the C word. Mm-hmm. It rhymes with bunt. I'm not going to say it. And they demonized her. Uh, you know, Bill Maher was one of these people. They just took her down. And, of course, uh, Herman Cain, being a black Republican, uh, conservative, John Stewart was taking him down. I think if he would have done the exact same thing to somebody on the left, people would have called it racist. Mm-hmm. You know, So there is that double standard there that the left always kind of plays with. When it's somebody who doesn't agree with your political ideology, you're allowed to take them down by any means necessary. And all your so-called rules of liberalism and, uh, and uh, open-mindedness are thrown out the window. Yeah. So I think that was what Wyatt Cenac was trying to say. But at the same time, when you read the articles online, it makes it seem as if Wyatt Cenac is on the front lines uh, mar- marching with Martin Luther King as if, there, as if there was no rights given to his people at any point in time. It was not an issue of uh, race. It was an issue of Jon Stewart, who was a comedian. One thing we know about comedians, don't tell them what to do uh, because then they're, gonna not, they're, gonna, they're going to do exactly what you tell them not to do. Oh, Every yeah. single time. Yeah. That's why I, I always lie to comedians. <laughs> and I always tell them what I don't want to have done. And sure enough, everything I want to have happen happens. Because they're by nature uh, critical thinkers and contrarians. Yeah. And so, of course, Jon Stewart, who has years of experience with The Daily Show, he made it a global brand. It's a, the biggest political comedy show in the history of political comedy isn't going to necessarily take kindly to a uh, writer telling him that he shouldn't be doing something because... He's John Stewart's the boss. Yeah, but I also understand where Wyatt Cenac is coming from when it, uh, uh, you know, as the only black writer on uh, on the Daily Show, which is also one of those great hypocrisies from the left, where oftentimes the most liberal establishments, if you go through their their um, their depth chart, if you go through the people who are contributing to their websites or to their uh, television programs, holy lord, that is a Pretty pale beach. <laughs> that is a real white day in the Florida sands. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the hypocrisies that I think Wyatt Cenac uh, was attempting to uh, point out. And I agree with him on that, but I also disagree with the coverage of it. John Stewart is not a racist. Yeah. I think it's just such a horrible... I, I can't believe that people are really actually like, like John Stewart. You are now... Now it's John Stewart right. that is a racist. That's how far it's fucking gone. That John Stewart is a racist. Which now. is why I'm on Team Trump. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. You know when, when Trump's president? You're hired. <laughs> it's amazing. Especially if you're Mexican. You're hired. You're hired. That's why they're going to vote for him, because he's going to look at him, he's going to say, you're hired. Mexicans love Donald Trump, just ask him. <laughs> you know, so my, Donald Trump is Teflon when it comes to being called racist, because he just says the most racist things, and he's like, I don't, uh, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. And now he's just saying, he's like, yeah, I love Mexican people, whatever. Right. And that makes it almost easier for him to, um, you know, manipulate his narrative and get his word out through his, uh, you know, to get his political ideology out through the um, 
through the political minefield that it is uh, when you're running for president, as opposed to somebody like uh, Hillary Clinton, who, okay, first of all, Hillary Clinton knows more people in prison than Suge Knight. She knows, <laughs> it's unbelievable. We were just reading an article about this company. There was a man, they gave $20 million to his corporation. They were supposed to build homes in Haiti. Yeah, they were supposed to build housing projects in Haiti. It was called OPIC, the Overseas Private Investment Corporation. This guy right. that they gave money to, his name was... Claudio Osorio. Oh, he's the hottest man around. I love <laughs> he's, Claudio. He's from Miami. He has to be from uh, Miami. He, oh, he is from He actually is from Miami. Mm. Claudio Osorio. He's a Miami businessman. He's doing 12 years in federal prison right now. Right. Why? Because he was too nice? <laughs> For defrauding the U.S. government. Right. And so Hillary Clinton, they gave him the $20 million to build these homes uh, in Haiti. Obviously, I think it was under the... Camp- $10, million, $10, $10 million. million. But still, when you're talking about millions at that point, it's fucking monopoly, monopoly money. Uh, so $10 million to build some uh, housing projects in Haiti. I think it was called Let's Make Haiti Worse Again, <laughs> um, which is very exciting. Nothing, nothing says economic success for a country than more than uh, housing projects. I think that really is, that's the cornerstone of wealth is when you cram a bunch of people into a a small community that nobody wanted to be involved with in the first place and make enemies live one foot away from each other. (laughs) That's how safety happens and overall happiness and peace. So Hillary, obviously she has a, uh, she has 61% approval rating right now in the black community because she's riding off of Bill's success because he could play the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that made him the blackest president in U.S. history. Isn't that weird how things change? Yeah, I mean, I still think he's the blackest president in the U.S. history. <laughs> In a lot of ways. But, of course, Hillary, we talk about it all the time. She is one of the main reasons why we had the institutional racism that was put in place in the 1990s in this country under her husband's campaign, under his presidency, uh, is, is astounding. More prison population, it increased larger under the Clinton uh, years than any time in U.S. history. Hillary Clinton was a huge proponent of it. And now, of course, she is desperate desperate to hold on to the black voting block, which is a massively important uh, voting block. We talk about it regularly at no point. Uh, going on from here, you will not be able to have a all-white uh, you know, voting coalition. You're, you have to uh, diversify, get different groups uh, to support your candidacy, and you have to get these groups by large numbers, right? So it's like, that's why uh, the evangelical voting block, for example, my parents being very evangelical, they love Rick Santorum. Mm-hmm. They also kind of dress like him. <laughs> Mostly my mother. She can't get enough of the sweater vest, vests, and she lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ooh, Always hot. That's weird. Yeah, she's yeah. sweating a lot. Oh, man. How, how great that conversation would be between your parents and Rick Santorum? Oh, I mean, it would go like, you want you want to pray? <laughs> Yeah, I do it right after I have sex with this child. Rick Santorum's a pedophile. I have no proof to back that up, but I know he's eating at Subway. Have you seen my aborted baby that my wife brought home? Mm. They wouldn't let us keep it, but I keep pictures in my wallet. For those that think Marcus Parks is joking about that, in reality, that is a true story. Rick Santorum's wife, she had a stillborn child. Uh, what do you usually do with that? I think you put it in some sort of uh, you know, bio container, and I guess you just throw it away. I'm not sure what you, <laughs> you do. With- you have a funeral. You have a funeral. You have a funeral. You put it in a box. You yeah. have a funeral. Or if you're Rick Santorum, you put it into a shoebox after you just bought your fresh new pair of Nike kicks, and <laughs> you, you take the shoes out, put the dead baby in, take it to your house, and have your kids play with it for a couple hours. And then, of course, bring it back to the hospital because you promised you would. Because <laughs> you, prom- you left him your driver's license. That's, a That's right. It's a down payment. <laughs> 
like what you used to have to do. Yes. <laughs> exactly. When renting a car or something like that, or <laughs> taking a dead baby out of a hospital, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, we can talk, we should talk about the Planned Parenthood scandal uh, as well, Marcus. Give that a Google. But uh, so basically, um, the evangelical voting bloc is massive. It's what got Jimmy Carter elected in 76. And then, of course, the Reagan uh, coalition took that and they used that as a cornerstone for their campaigns. Donald Trump not doing exactly amazing with the evangelical Christians, but we'll talk about that soon. So basically what Hillary is trying to do is to get the majority uh, black vote, and she's so desperate to do it, although she's just failing miserably because the last black person that she actually had contact with um, other than President Obama was, I think... um, you know, maybe maybe cleaning something around her house or maybe somebody that she did a photo op with. Mm-hmm. At what point did she have an interaction with a average person I bet such she said, as Marcus and myself? I bet she said hi to Alan Keyes once. Maybe Alan Keyes. <laughs> Thanks, thanking him for running for the Republican <laughs> nomination to ensure another Democrat victory. Mm-hmm. So she gave a speech. And uh, as John Stewart is now racist, uh, so Hillary Clinton is as well. She gave a speech and she was discussing how, uh, you know, racial relations in the United States are, you know, not exactly going great. Yeah. And she was discussing how, uh, you know, black dudes in hoodies, they can be kind of scary. Well, I don't think I, I think what I think really I got to kind of come down on her side on this one, because I think this is people have been taking that out of context. Right. So Hard. I mean, they are delighting in taking out of context. And I right. think this also shows uh, it's a great example of the uh, lack gotcha. of critical, the gotcha, lack of critical thinking, headline. Right. Poli- like headline politics, absolutely. Followers. You know, Cat so, Tim made a great point on the show last time, saying that people just read the headlines and that's it, and that's what they're doing with Hillary. Hillary Clinton says, yeah. you know, but Hillary Clinton says black men in hoodies are scary, and that's not what she's saying. What she's saying is it's time to have let's have a frank discussion here. Mm-hmm. That there are definitely still some people who clutch their purse when they see a black guy in the hoodie, and they shouldn't be doing that. That's you know what, what she was saying. This is the reality is that there's still people who feel this and right. shouldn't be feeling this. I'm going to say it right here, right now. Black men in hoodies are cozy. <laughs> I love a good hoodie. I can't. I, I will. I, I sleep in hoodies. Yeah. I'm a huge hoodie fan. With the hood up? With the hood up. You so sh- they know I mean business when I'm dreaming. <laughs> Don't come knocking. Don't bother me. I'm in serious thought. Yeah. So obviously, yes, it was taken out of context. That's politics. So now you have the conservatives being like, look at her. We got her. We got her in one. We got Hulk Hogan saying some <laughs> racist words in a sex tape. No problem with the sex tape. But the fact he said the N-word, the fact that he doesn't want his uh, you know, daughter uh, having sex with a black dude, that's the problem. Not the fact he's banging Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. <laughs> <laughs> the, the real issues it's, here. It's also, we can talk, you know, just the hypocrisy this week in race relations and in, in the gotcha moments and the holier than thou, I'm better than that person because I didn't get caught saying the N-word this week mm-hmm. while making a sex tape. I did make a sex tape, but <laughs> I said nothing racist. So I'm a better man than Hulk Hogan is this week. Vince McMahon, the scoundrel, the tyrant, the drug abuser. You're fired. You're fired. He knows how to say you're fired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows about the screw job in Toronto or Montreal, I believe, or Ontario, wherever Bret Hart got screwed over by Shawn Michaels. I'm living. I'm still upset about it. <laughs> screw job, man. He's addicted to amphetamines. He's addicted to steroids. The man is, what, 99 years old, 72 years old, something like that. He's more jacked up, uh, you know, than anybody I've ever seen, than Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. 
He's addicted to drugs, and his characters that the WWE have put forward have been racist since the get-go. The Nation of Domination, for example, which was a take on the Black Panther movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, Papa Shango, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, he wasn't a real shaman. (laughs) No, he was probably a dude from Queens, and he came in, he's like, so I have my Harvard degree, I would like to be a professional wrestler, I've worked very hard, and they're like, can you spit... <laughs> We're gonna make you Papa Shango. <laughs> Doink the clown, not a real clown. Not a real. It's all lies. <laughs> so the irony, the the hypocrisy of the WWE being like, well, we we could deal with the sex tape, and we can deal with a whole series of other kind of disgusting sexual scandals, and uh, with back in the day during their their Attitude Era when I was a huge fan of the WWE when they were just like, show your pussy. <laughs> Hey, uh, Sable. Sable was uh, Mark, Mark Marrow's uh, number one gal. Sable. I'll never forget Sable. This is a mm. reference that nobody is going to get. No. But literally. If you don't know, if you watched uh, Pro Wrestling in the 90s, you fucking know yeah. Sable. Yeah. He was in Playboy. It was wonderful. Back when Playboy still had readership, <laughs> uh, which was an exciting time. Yeah, literally, Vince was just like, can you, uh, can you gape it? Can you gape it? <laughs> can you gape it on camera? That's really going to help us with the ratings. Wink it. Wink it. <laughs> So the hypocrisy of them calling out Hulk Hogan for being a racist and getting him out of the Hall of Fame, literally the the reason that the sport exists to this day is because of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But now that history is entirely released, um, uh, uh, you know, erased because Hulk Hogan, not knowingly, uh, unknowingly to him, was was uh, recorded saying something that is obviously terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah obviously a, bad. Yeah. But, but again, they, he was in the middle of a sex tape. What, if, what is it? What, what is wrong with a sex tape? Why I am you, just saying, is, is there no British fucking no. oh sex tape? Sex no. tape. Is there? <laughs> if there is any time where freedom of speech should reign supreme, <laughs> it's when in the middle of a sex tape. <laughs> you know what else? Are you kidding me? Sex tape. He's like, oh, I ate too much barbecue. I feel like a fucking pig. He feel he felt like a pig, <laughs> and his daughter called him, and it was Brooke Hogan. Brooke Hogan called him, and and her uh, song was his ringtone. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. That back then it was. I'm just saying, if you can't say what you want to say when you're in the middle of making a sex tape with the wife of your good friend, what the hell is happening? <laughs> what kind of world are we living in? What kind of world do we want to be living in? Yeah, it's not right what they did to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> It's not Dennis Rodman came out in his defense. Virgil came out in his defense. Speaking of racist characters, Virgil was literally an indentured servant to a man called the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> the most racist thing of all time. Uh, Ted DiBiase. He would throw ones down yeah. on the floor and, and, and like a Hoover vacuum, Virgil would go and pick them up on all fours as if he, yeah. as if he was some, you know, uh, in desperate need of, of money for rent. Yeah, to be fair, Virgil is not the most credible of character witnesses here. Virgil is oh, fucking... Oh, leave Virgil. Now you're going to take <laughs> down the character. Now you're going to take down the no, witness. No, I'm not taking down Character out. assassination. No, 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 no. Virgil has a very, very intense uh, reputation at conventions as just being a fucking lunatic. He's a ma- he's he Virgil. followed my friend Danny for two days. He followed him? He followed him. Well, good. <laughs> At least Danny was safe. <laughs> At first, it was real fun. Well, he wasn't. At first, he loved yeah. it, and then, and then it got to be like, hey, I don't, I, I don't really want to hang out with Virgil anymore. Mm. But Virgil said, no, you're hanging out with Virgil. If Virgil wants to hang out with you, hang out with him. Otherwise, you're a racist, like John Stewart. <laughs> I don't know if he was wearing a hoodie. If he wasn't, then Hillary is totally fine with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a problem. But Hillary Clinton, yes, okay, her words were taken out of context. Politics. So were Jeb Bush's words when he discussed. 
people need to work more. What he was saying with that, which Hillary Clinton has been touting as if he is the world's worst human being on the face of the planet. You don't need to work more. You need more breaks. And it's like, yes, that's what people need. They need yeah. more lunch breaks so they can just get fatter and fatter and fatter. Yeah. Marcus and I have been working five years at this goddamn podcast uh, in this racket. <laughs> We're desperate for work. We've yeah. been doing this for free for five years. Give us work. Americans want to work. The notion that people don't want to work is more offensive than the idea that they do. Yeah. Okay. And so what Jeb Bush was saying was because of the way that healthcare is uh, panned out, and uh, because uh, businesses are not not able to uh, financially support people's health care and other and, and other things uh, through taxes and things like that. So instead of working 40 hours and being full-time, you work 39 and a half hours. Yeah. And so that's what he was saying. He was discussing how people want to work more. They should be allowed to work more, but employers are unable to um, make that happen because they literally just can't foot the bill for it. Yeah, their and, business will close. And it's going to happen with the minimum wage. You know, it's gone up to 15 bucks here in New York City. You'll be, as soon as people, are, they're going to be they're going to be axing so many jobs and the prices on these on these um you know of the McDonald's of the world and the Taco Bell they're going to go uh, you know, skyrocket. I don't care. I don't particularly eat at a lot of fast food places except for well, Papa John's. Dude, I once saw you drop $30 at a Taco Bell. Don't talk to me about that right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, is it Ben Kissel talking? It is. Do you know I'm a hero? Did you know that one time I walked into Taco Bell and maybe I was a little depressed? It happens from time to time. I walked up to that Taco Bell counter and I didn't stop talking for five minutes. <laughs> and when they handed me the bag, it was $32.35. The man looked at me stunned, shocked. He said, is this all for you? I said, absolutely, you dickhead. <laughs> and you, he literally told me I set the record. <laughs> I got on a subway with Marcus after that and I gave him a chalupa. And I appreciate it. And I was pretty upset about it. <laughs> I ate thirty dollars. It would have been thirty-two, but I had to give Marcus some food. Thirty dollars. Like, like, what are you gonna? Are you gonna eat all that? And what did I say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn right. But now my thirty-two dollars and thirty-five cent Taco Bell trip will be about forty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's worth it. It's actually worth it. You know, but that whole thing um, is going to lead to a lot of it's it sounds so good on paper. It's going to lead to more unemployment and less full time job, uh, you know, full time jobs and full time employership um, than than ever before. But I think so the fast gonna, food thing and it's like, well, it's so all, it's uh, it, I mean, it, it's uh, that, that's the terrible thing about it is that you're right. It, it's very well meaning because you think it's like, OK, well, that means that the people up at the top will be taking less. No, but no, they have. They are on the fucking razor's edge, man. This whole idea of trickle-down economics, people at the top giving away money. When was the last time you did that? You know what I'm saying? It is against human nature. We, As squirrels hoard nuts, we hoard cash. And at no point, of course it goes down to the consumer. And it's a, and it's a punishment. It is a punishment for liberal policies from these people who are in the, in, in the corporate towers, mm -hmm. who live in the CEO bubble, right? It is like, well, then people are going to learn why $15 an hour isn't a good idea. Yeah. And it goes, it goes down, ironically, to the exact class of people who are pushing for it. Yeah. And it's a vicious cycle of poverty. This is why you're never out of debt. The country is never going to be out of debt. Uh, you know, every single tax that you pay to the Federal Reserve, which is owned by, you know, what, the eight families that matter, the Rockefellers and the whole, you know, the Rothschilds and all those scumbags. Uh, that's just to pay down 
That's just to pay down the interest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go to building a road. It, that's why the infrastructure is falling apart. Our highways are falling apart. Bridges are constantly just collapsing randomly, which is terrifying. Yeah. The idea of going over a bridge. I had a panic attack going over the Verrazano the other day. I was extremely stoned. So don't do that. <laughs> if you're going over the Verrazano, I highly recommend sobriety. I was terrified because I think about, you know, you just look at uh, the screws and you look at the infrastructure, and I've seen a lot of those Final Destination movies, mm-hmm. and I know for a fact at some point this is going down. And is it going to go down while I'm stoned on the bridge? Why the hell not? I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> It could be me. So what's going to happen with the minimum wage situation is the prices are people are going to get work cut. They're going to get they're going to get fired or they're going to go down to part time. Prices are going to go up. And the only businesses that are going to be able to succeed are the big businesses, Walmarts, Targets, Golden Corrals, McDonald's, Taco Bell. You know, it's going to be the major food corporations and the major, uh, you know, Investment banks and things like that that are going to survive, it's going to be the mom and pop shops that close Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are going to be able to handle the overhead of actually paying people a livable wage. But the irony is they're not going to get any money whatsoever and prices are going to go up and the whole damn thing is going to start over. That so is it, true, and remember that you know when you when you think that maybe but it's these a difficult people- argument when you're when you're running as a conservative. That is a very difficult argument to make in a soundbite world, mm-hmm. you know, because it's counterintuitive. Because people want to believe that there is a uh, the people above aren't terrible. They're good. They want to help me out sometimes. Eh. Never. Nobody wants to help out anybody. They're t- they are people who are more concerned about their company Christmas party and planning that than they are about your future. They don't give a flying about you. Yeah, and not only are these people, like these people up at the top, remember, they are psychopaths. Like by, they got to nature. the top because they are psychopaths. And right. we're not, that's not hyperbole. That is a well, actual. Course. That is an actual fact that they have proven is that these people right. in these positions they are psychopaths. They are the Ted Bundys of the business world, and they've killed more people and pleased less women. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You're totally right. They're sociopaths. They're psychopaths. I mean, we're also a both. Uh, you know, we have our own levels of sociopathy and psychopathy and desire for success. I mean, there's no uh, denying the fact that we've done a podcast for five years together and it started out with nobody listening. We're like, I think we have m- millions of fans. Yeah, I think. I think it's millions. I think we have millions. Is it, is it millions? millions? I th- I'm going to go ahead and say it's millions. The numbers right now are eight. <laughs> the numbers at eight listeners. Okay. Hmm. Kind, of a, kind of a millions, though. You just put a couple of zeros at the end of that. So obviously people who want to succeed do have these tendencies. But, you know, there is a lie. It is a Hillary Clinton-specific uh, you know, she's so desperate to become Bernie Sanders. She so wants to be, uh, you know, uh, accepted by the left liberal movement that Bernie Sanders can't even get accepted by. Uh, we were talking about in the episode last week where he got booed at the Netroots, um, uh, you know, event. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he was literally ch- chanted down. He was shouted down. Bernie Sanders, a man who has done more for civil rights than anybody who sits on Twitter and hashtags anything. Mm. The man who actually walked got sweaty. And you know Bernie's not a walker. <laughs> so for him to walk across a bridge with Martin Luther King, can we, can we have a break? Uh, can I have a... I'll keep going then. Because that's what Bernie does. He keeps going. He does. So it's a lie. It is a liberal Hillary Clinton-specific uh, lie. And she has no... Uh, you know, ground to stand on when she's attempting to be one of the people, specifically when it comes to minority rights and specifically when it comes to issues of poverty. 
the woman who gets $1.5 million to just go talk, and she's boring. <laughs> Andrew yeah. Dice Clay made 300 bucks this weekend in Atlantic City. And he's very entertaining. <laughs> he's got a studded jacket. <laughs> and it lights up. We're, light, maybe if her pantsuit started to light up and she just had, like, uh, you know, Hillary in, in great cursive lettering and uh, random fluorescence, maybe that would make her more exciting. <laughs> But she's nonsense. And so you have Jeb Bush, who I am not a Jeb Bush fan. I mean, Prescott Bush was one of the whole reasons the economy is where it is right now. The whole Bush family is absolutely awful. And let's be honest, Herper Walker killed Kennedy. You think so? That's possible. <laughs> he was the head of CIA. He was the head of the CIA. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger Stone, he's uh, Travis Irvine, who's been on the show recently. Also, my roommate uh, used to work for Roger Stone, who is being paid by Donald Trump. Oh. Yeah, probably going to be his campaign head. Interesting. Uh, for those who know, Google Roger Stone. He's a very fascinating guy. Has uh, been going to bat for Trump tenaciously. The most, uh, you know, uh, feverish. He's, he's, he's in love with the Trump because he's getting a bunch of money from him. And he will be announced as his campaign head, I firmly believe. But if you just look at who benefited from the Kennedy assassination. Qui bono. Qui bono. <laughs> it's, it's just Lyndon Johnson, right? Because Lyndon yeah. Johnson wanted to be president. Uh, Prescott Bush was the head of the CIA. It all worked out and everything, everyone got the positions in power that they wanted to have. And let's be honest, nobody liked Kennedy. And he had a huge head, so you could be a bad marksman. That's the problem with the Irish. <laughs> you, you have an Irish president. Holy Christ. You can see him from space. You know, I actually, going back to the minimum wage thing here for just a second, uh, I got uh, something from Claude Wilson on the chat who actually sent me a, uh, a chart that said that in every state that raised the minimum wage, with the exception of New Jersey, actually had positive job growth. Okay, with the exception of New Jersey. Yeah, with the exception of New Jersey. And what kind of jobs were they? Were they part-time jobs, full-time jobs? What were they? See, now that is what actually... What kind of jobs? That's a very interesting question. Like, that is something that I think a lot of people don't say in these... Because... Because it could right. be a much a larger rise in if part-time you cut, jobs. Exactly. If you cut somebody's full-time job, you have to hire another person for another part-time job. But that person now lacks all benefits. They have... They're technically, for all intents and purposes, not working. Yeah. You know, not by the government eyes. So they're not going to be able to get, you know, they're not able to invest in their 401ks or anything like that. So job growth, what jobs, what, you know, how much money in each job? Is it fast food jobs, which is basically the only goddamn jobs are, that are around in the food desert that is the middle of this entire country? Oh, my God. If you go to Lubbock, Texas, I swear to fucking Christ, it is an entire economy built on a community feeding each other. It is nothing. Feeders and gainers. <laughs> I like it. The, all it is. There's just <laughs> nothing but restaurants everywhere. Like, and these like kind right. of middle of the road, not quite fast food, but not quite good food. Uh, restaurants where it's all just someone working a, mi- a minimum wage job at a fast food restaurant right. so they can spend money eating at another fast food restaurant. It seems right. like that's all there is. And I am not some high-class foodie, obviously. I think we all know that. I think we all know that. Um, yeah, I think we've proved that in the last 20 minutes. I've proven that every single day of my life. And when <laughs> I run for Congress, I want to let you know that I eat just like you terribly. 
I eat terribly. But my parents, for an example, when they moved down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, not because they're wealthy, because they got in right before the housing bubble burst, and my father has crippling uh, arthritis. So he was able to retire a little bit early as a truck driver, and he was one hell of a sitter. Yeah. Uh, one of the best sitters around, and he could move the wheel, and uh, he, he had uh, a real a real knack for sitting. <laughs> he could really move that wheel. Yeah, he could move the wheel. <laughs> he got an award for the best mover of the wheel and all these things, and only got into one accident, and he only hurt himself. Unfortunately, he lived. Um, but there is the uh, when they moved down to Fort Lauderdale, all they talked about was this new restaurant they've been going to. And they say the word restaurant, uh, you know, without any irony whatsoever. And I said, what's it called? You know, and they said, Polo Tropical. Polo? Polo, Polo Tropical. <laughs> Let me guess. And I'm like, all right, Polo <laughs> Tropical. This is how my mom pronounces it because she's a big city gal from North Dakota. Yeah. And uh, Fargo. So, Fargo. <laughs> yeah. Why not? And uh, so I go down to visit my parents, and they're like, we're going. Put on put on a button down. And I'm like, uh, all right. And I better. Whatever. And uh, so we go, to, we go to Polo Tropical. It's a fast food joint with a salsa bar. <laughs> and that's it. And I'm, I'm like, Mom, it's Dad, this po- is- Poyo, correct. I don't know. No, they, Poyo, two they, L's? Yes, they say yeah. Polo. Polo Tropical. Ooh, tropical chicken. I don't even, I, I don't want, it sounds like a bad sex position. The tropical chicken. You end up vomiting in the toilet. Who wants it? But this is really what people think of when they think of restaurants and uh, and what is considered food, you know. And uh, so, yes, like you're saying, it is these fast food jobs that are all around the country that are going to be hiring more and more minimum wage, uh, uh, what you know, part time workers who will be making the new minimum wage. Uh, and no one will be able to sustain the livelihood that they want to have because the people who work at McDonald's, like you were talking about, go and eat at Burger King. Mm-hmm. And the people who work at Burger King go and eat at Wendy's. And it's the same thing with I used to be a bouncer at a bar for three years, and I used to bartend as well. What do you do when you get off shift? You go to another person's bar because you have a bartender's rule where it's like you get to drink for free and you understand each other's grief. <laughs> and you understand the hard hours. But it just plays into an, an entire economic cycle that in no way – um, will uh, be able to be broken unless you actually get out and truly become, you know, an entrepreneur or, you know, uh, do do something that you firmly believe in that you want to do that is something that you can monetize later. Really start your own, uh, you know, business and things like that, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you've done here at the Creek in the Cave with Cave Comedy Radio. Well, somewhat a bi- of a business. It's a total business. <laughs> We're sitting on tens of beer. <laughs> We get so much free beer here, but, it, but you know, so I think there is a, a lie that has happened with the minimum wage argument that people are, you know, when they go and they march with these signs that are made by these massive unions, um, these unions want to keep you poor. That is, that makes sure that they can always be in control of you. And um, there, this idea that, oh, we're going to get $15 an hour now. I'm going to be able to, you know, buy everything that I wanted to buy. I'm going to have that boat. I'm going to have, you know, the lavish uh, American dream that I've been promised is a total fallacy. And I think it's ironic um, because it is pushed by the left. And I think it's just going to. Uh, continue the downward spiral of poverty in the country. Well, I'm reading a, an article right here uh, that says uh, a McDonald's worker. She said that her paycheck is going to go up fifty bucks. Fifty, which bucks. which helps, which is good. I mean, which we need money. Which, yeah. Which, <laughs> Every time I see a, if, if I hear like, oh, we're going to pay you in fifty bucks, I'm like, just just give me the nugget. Just give me the weed. I don't. You know where it's going. I get the nug. Come on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, fifty bucks, and to some people, fifty dollars is. 
amazing. Some some people fifty dollars right. can be life changing. Right. Just like you know, it, just like with us, you know, like fifty dollars cannot be life changing. I for some people it is. I, I just don't believe for, for some people it really is. The theory that she's going to get fifty dollars more is also based upon the the idea that she's going to be working the same amount of hours. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this subject, but I just, I, we had Rebecca Trenton here a few um, months ago to discuss the minimum wage. She's a small business owner. I think they employ, what, 15, 16 people here at the Creek? Somewhere on there, yeah. Um, she literally can't do it. She's going to have to cut people's hours. Yeah. And, I mean, these are the, these are the establishments that I think we really have to be protecting because these are where we go. These, these are the people that, you know, because of Rebecca, we've been able to launch uh, Creek in the Cave, and we've been able to, uh, you know, perform our art and, you know, perfect our craft. Thank God we've gotten better. Oh, man. Holy Christ. Yeah. And we're only getting better. <laughs> and we're only getting better. Every day. But really, you know, so for when Hillary Clinton talks about, you know, the minimum wage, Jeb Bush wants you to work more hours. I want you to wear more pantsuits. You know, it's just sheer nonsense. Yeah. And it is, her economic plan is insane. Uh, going back to, uh, if you watch her economic speech, and I don't recommend it, but, you know, if you care enough, do it. Uh, you know, her stance on Uber, which is the exact same stance that Bill de Blasio has, yeah. who is now supporting Bernie Sanders. Uh, of course. Even we knew he would. Bill de Blasio literally... Uh. Is the only reason Bill de Blasio was in politics is because of Hillary Clinton. In 2000, mm -hmm. what was it, 2004 when she was elected to Senate? No, yeah. two, that was Maybe it 2000? Two, been no, it was uh, way before that because she voted on the Iraq War. Okay, so, so it was, it was 2000. Like 2000. Yeah, so it was 2000, and Bill De Blasio was the head of her campaign, and uh, the Clintons. You know, he kissed their golden ring, and uh, and they they anointed him. And got him into every political office that he has been put into yeah. so far. He's turned his back on Hillary and gone to Bernie Sanders. So she is just uh, completely in the middle of nowhere when it comes to uh, any legitimacy and actual belief in, in what she is saying on stage when it comes to economic policy. At no point was Bill Clinton... Uh, left on economics. Mm -hmm. You know, what happened with NAFTA, one of the worst trade agreements in the in the history of the world when it comes to slave labor and just yeah. legalizing it. People, uh, you know, uh, overseas and people in South America basically were just used as as slaves and uh, to feed to feed the beast, to feed the monster. Mm -hmm. Under Bill Clinton, TPP is the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. It passed, of course, a couple of weeks ago, but we were too busy celebrating gay marriage, rightfully so. Love you gay people. I'm a big fan, and I'm happy you can get married. And invite me to your wedding. I'd love to have the punch. And I love shrimp. Oh, my <laughs> Ooh, God. Oh, shrimp. I love shrimp oh my so God. much. I never get it, and I love it so much, When man. my brother and Don got married, it was just the best. How much shrimp? Cocktail shrimp? It was cocktail shrimp. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it was a. There was a shrimp slushy. <laughs> I was streamlining the stuff. <laughs> I can't get enough of the shrimp because I also love a good cocktail sauce. I love. I love yeah. a good cocktail sauce too. You know what it is? Ketchup and horseradish. Dip a chip in it. <laughs> I always say if it's red and wet, dip a chip in it. I <laughs> love it. Fresh. It's fr <laughs> Do it. If it's fresh and wet. Dip a chip in it. <laughs> Why is that the most disgusting thing that has ever been said? I don't know, but it is. <laughs> Ugh. Eh, dip a chip in it. Yeah. If I'm yeah. ever stressed out, I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> well, the, the translate, yeah. man. Dip uh, a chip in it. Diva on the uh, chat says, my favorite thing about these podcasts is hearing the disgust in Ben's voice whenever de Blasio is mentioned. Don't even get me started. <laughs> 
But go and, and I've gotten out too where every time I hear someone say de Blasio, I just have to make a noise like just go, Ugh. It sounds like you just ate the wrong thing. <laughs> I have a case of de Blasio. <laughs> No, he's a schmuck. De Blasio. He's a terrible person. He's a terrible yeah. mayor. He's, he's oh, the he's worst such mayor. a bad mayor. I mean, Bloomberg was terrible, but for different reasons. Bloomberg was scarier because he actually got things done. Yeah, Bloomberg um, knew how to get shit done, and he fucking bought and sold this city, man. I, I don't like big sodas. <laughs> Bloomberg's whole thing was big soda. <laughs> big soda and, you know, making yeah. sure that the uh, you know entire city gets sold to... Uh, the super wealthy. Oh, is that why people in the Upper West Side can't afford it anymore? Oh, that's why people in fucking Brooklyn can't afford it anymore. I'm serious. The Upper Jesus. West Side short, stores are closing all over the place. They're like, we can't pay the rent. So and they got like, dead. Yeah, I've been reading about that. The crazy. dead blocks where they, yeah, they call them whole dead blocks because the landlords raise the rent. And they're just like, no, we can't fucking pay that. No one can pay that. I can't wait like, to get out of this city. It's even getting to where the corporations can't afford to pay except for the largest ones which yeah. going back to the minimum wage argument that's exactly who benefits it's the people that you know walmart's going to raise their uh, raise their prices a couple of cents mm-hmm. on the mac and cheese mm-hmm. and whatnot there's a great youtube video about it i know it's a youtube video but it does it's explain actually these still things. it's very good how yeah they could cha- ra- charge like two cents more on mac and cheese and right. be able to give every employee like a dollar more it's very informative but going back to hillary clinton's economic speech so she mentions uh new technologies and how they've created new jobs and we talked about this on the last episode regarding uber and she's like uber it's a very good company but it needs regulations and it doesn't no it's an app that you can download if you want to you don't have to download it if you don't want to you never have to use the damn thing yeah i don't know why it's because they get millions of dollars from the taxi uh you know especially here in new york city which is obviously one of the uh places where the taxi union is very very strong it's one of the only places in the country where people really use taxis you know in la whenever i go visit i mean there's some taxi services but you know for the most part they just show up and the whole thing has rims and it's full of weed and you just (laughs) hop in and hope that they don't kill you um which i would Love that. I, there was nothing more fun than walking into a car full of weed. Yeah. And that just reminded me of high school. Right <laughs> I love it. So Hillary's, uh, you know, so desperate and so pandering to these people. It's like, we'll give you a hundred bucks an hour. They're just, she's just saying words. Mm-hmm. There is no economic foundation for what she has to say. And there is no way in hell that she believes it. Yeah. Nothing that she says she believes. And I don't know. Oh, going back to Team Trump. What do we know about Team Trump? He Making America it. great again. Making it great. <laughs> One hat at a time. <laughs> Buy my hat, you hired. <laughs> He's guaranteeing jobs. And, uh, you know, Don, I mean, obviously, I, uh, I tweeted last night about Donald Trump, and uh, I do want to apologize. I've been getting really <laughs> drunk lately. I've been going through some romantic problems. <laughs> Just been getting drunk and listening to the band. A lot, yeah. about, a lot about this song, Atlantic City. Yeah, I mean, the band's wonderful. Take me down to Atlantic <laughs> Getting all pretty in Atlantic yeah, City. Yeah. But, of course, Atlantic City's a shithole. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's full of smoke. I drove old Dixie down mm. when the people were singing. I wonder what Donald Trump's up to. <laughs> That's exactly what my nights have been. Just sitting there, drinking, eating Papa John's, listening to the band and be like, I could go for some encouragement. <laughs> I think I want to make America great again. <laughs> You're my kind of guy. Yeah, hey, Ben. Come here. Give me a hug. You know I own five Papa John's. <laughs> Team Trump all the way. He believes everything he says. <laughs> all right. I don't know. Evangelicals don't love Donald Trump, though. No. They're getting upset with him, but they'll believe. They'll, they'll vote for him. 
They'll vote for him. They have to. I eat the little cracker. <laughs> that and was then, his stance. You know, I eat the cracker, and then I do what I have to. <laughs> you know, I go, and I'm dead, and then I leave because it's over. Oh, man. God damn it. I love Donald Trump way too much. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. I feel like this whole episode has just been like, where have I gone? This is what it's been like just being your friend for the last week. Just the Trump. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I eat the cracker, and uh, I, I <laughs> Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? No, I, I just learn. I yeah. learn from it, and then I, and I move on. Uh, He's like a little retarded boy. Yeah, it's just, you know, I drink my little wine, I eat my little cracker. And I say the word retarded out of all the love in the world, and I don't like that term, and I don't stand by it. I thought you, you were yelling the other day how you like the word retarded. No, I never did. Oh. I hate the word. I oh. have a little brother who is retarded. No. <laughs> I say he's gifted in different areas than intelligence. Like roosters. He. <laughs> okay, so we have to wrap up this episode. We do, but, but let's let's just let's let's take go a little bit in the time machine real fast. If you go back to the archives of Abe Lincoln's top hat and roundtable and the roundtable, you will hear a story that was called Roostergate. What happened during Rooster Gate was my little brother, I was walking down the streets of Williamsburg, Brooklyn, probably looking for an iced coffee or an ice cold beer, and uh, he called me and he needed $12. And I said, why do you need 12 bucks, Mikey? What happened? And he said, uh, I lost my friend's rooster. Said, what do you mean? You lost your friend's rooster. He said, I was playing with it, and then I lost it. <laughs> and I went, and he went back to the house, and he told them that, they, that he lost the rooster. And they said, that rooster cost us 12 bucks. And then, <laughs> hence the phone call. <laughs> so send- I send him 12 bucks. Turns out they found the rooster. It was just being a rooster. Yeah, yeah. Probably came back or they heard something clucking in the woods, and uh, then he bought cigarettes. <laughs> so basically, I just bought my younger brother cigarettes, unbeknownst to me. I thought it was for a new rooster. Newports, right? Yeah, that's what he smokes. <laughs> yeah. Poor kid. Sweet kid. Sweet mm, kid, though. It sounds like a sweet guy. He is a sweet guy. He's getting mm. married. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Between the gay brothers and Michael, I, I, I go to some yeah. fun weddings. It sounds like you're going to be going to some good ones. I'm soon. not going to eat the shrimp at Michael's wedding. Good. <laughs> I, I'm just. I love them. I love them, but uh, hopefully it's catered by uh, by some big, you know, McDonald's or Taco Bell. Or yeah, and Taco Bell. Yeah, I just yeah. want that. Sounds that, like a Taco Bell wedding. That's all I want. Uh, any thoughts from the chat? Uh, they're just saying, you know, the Diva says I'm in shock about Donald Trump running. Claxar uh, yeah. says thanks Jamba Juice, Starbucks, McDonald's, or whatever for buying out small businesses, setting up shop, then closing, but still eliminating competition. Absolutely, I I, I completely agree with that. And uh, yes, Donald Trump, he is a it is. She said no one's actually going to vote for him, right? Are you going to actually vote for him, Ben? I'm voting in your name this year. <laughs> I'm voting for Marcus Parks. You said that last time, and I did. And <laughs> I did. And did I win? Uh, you got one vote. <laughs> it's not bad. It's a start. Better than none. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think that Donald Trump is really a serious candidate. If you are actually upset about him, don't be. It will, it will go away. If anything, if you are a left-leaning person, 
Donald Trump into the race is much more beneficial. There was just a poll done. Uh, if Jeb and Hillary would run, Hillary would get 50% of the vote. Jeb would get 46% of the vote. If uh, if um, Donald does choose to go to the third party, because Reince Priebus, 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 the, uh, the head of the Republican National Committee, the RNC, uh, does not like him very much, and Donald Trump has threatened that. That poll goes to Hillary with 46%, uh, uh, Bush with 30%, and Clinton with 20%, which also Trump, means there's- uh, Trump with 20%. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Trump with with 20 percent, which also means there's four percent of people who if who would vote for Hillary or Donald Trump, <laughs> which is like, what do you think? Like, what? How does that work? They both got bo- good points. Like, well, you know, I, I like Hillary's work as a senator, but Trump hates Mexicans. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, and so no. If you are a left-leaning person, you should be thrilled with Donald Trump. Don't be upset about anything. The entire thing is totally a screw job anyway. <laughs> screw Montreal screw job, my it's friend. It's a Montreal screw job. <laughs> Vince McMahon's running the whole damn thing, and we're all Bret Hart. <laughs> You're fired. I love you, Marcus Parks. Find Marcus love Parks you, on Twitter, at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel. Follow the Facebook group. Uh, please check it out. I mean, there's some fun stuff happening there. And keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR, and we'll talk to you soon.